This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. I don't know what to do. I give them my point, and now they mad at the view. I think they hate on your girl, cause it's something to do. Well, let's give them this song so they can have something to do. You, you can talk all you want, I ain't got nothing to lose. Let the interior, I'm pressing the button, cruise. When I step inside the house, they, they think I intrude. Well, if I do, Kel Strain, that's gonna be my next move. Playing chess. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Cheyenne Lene, a.k.a. Motor City Oprah. We are back here for episode six of Views from the Thick podcast. The song that you just heard is by Chicago artist Jashay. The song is called Oh Lord. Um, I received this submission from uh, from a. from her PR agent a few months back, but I definitely just wanted to hold on to the song for a little bit just until I um, had a female guest in the studio. But I am a very big fan of hers. Um, I was sent a couple songs, but I did a little bit more digging and research on my own time, and I went ahead and I went to Apple Music to listen to her album, um, and it is very, very dope. What I really like the most about Jashay's music is the fact that she's a female um, rapper, of course, but I like the fact that she is just simply doing what she does best, and that's just rapping. Like, she's not trying to portray a certain image where it's not, like, super sexual, and it's not like she's trying to make it seem like she has to fit in with the guys and, you know, rap really, like, hardcore and just really masculine. Like, it's really, like, a perfect balance, and I really, really appreciated that. So, so um, I listened to that song. I really like that. Uh, the Oh Lord song, the No Problem song. There's a couple other songs on her album. It's called I'd, I-D-E. And her name is Jashay, J-U-S-H-A-Y. I definitely encourage you all to check out her music. It is very, very dope. And again, she's a female rapper from Chicago. So whenever you get the moment, definitely check her out. Um, her SoundCloud is Jashay. Um, soundcloud.com slash J-U-S-H-A-Y she also has a YouTube and Twitter but her Twitter is just say um, signature and you know you can definitely check her out and see all of her projects and things that she has going on there I am joined in the studio today by a very special guest I'm so excited to have her here uh, because obviously Detroit is just a, I guess, big market for lookalikes here. <laughs> um, you know, you all know me as the Oprah, quote unquote, lookalike, but I have another lookalike in the building. Can you please introduce yourself to us? Hi, everyone. I am Brittany Williams, and I am referenced on Instagram as the Beyonce lookalike. So. <laughs> Here I am. Yes, thank you. Thank you for coming through today. I definitely appreciate it. And um, when I post this video, you all will definitely be able to see where the rest of the world is seeing this resemblance. She, I can definitely see it. As soon as you walk in, I was like, whoa, that's crazy. But yes, I definitely appreciate you being here today. Um, little icebreaker really quick, uh, my shy five. Just wanted to just maybe touch on just uh, five Five black women uh, celebrities that have, you know, that you may admire or that have influenced you in your um, in your career path and things that you're trying to do. Is there anybody in particular that you really like? Um, I would definitely start off. It's, it's, it's very coincidental that uh, you consider yourself the, the black Oprah <laughs> because um, I'm a huge, huge fan of Oprah. Um, just because we, we, our backgrounds are very similar and um, how we 
definitely come from humble beginnings and the fact that she's from Mississippi. I'm from Mississippi. Most people think that I'm a native of Detroit, but mm -hmm. I'm living here. And uh, it's just everything that Oprah is about. And I was also influenced by a Detroiter, Aaliyah. Oh. So uh, everything from my persona, um, I define myself as being very androgynous. So I just have that tomboy edge to myself and the fact that I'm lanky. Mm -hmm. So um, I grew up trying to make myself Aaliyah. So um, it's just everything about her aura. She's very cool, very down to earth, uh, very reserved. Can get along with everybody, it seems. Never did I see in her history of just being here that she was um, diva. Right. And I'm not diva, you know? So uh, we just, we, we like to look good and we're very comfortable in our own skin. So she just uh, really motivated um, just where I wanted to be as a woman, her and Oprah. And then I would have to go to the things that I'm trying to do. Um, I'm a fan of Angela Bassett. Um, That's her, her acting skills, her resilience. Um, the fact that she's very educated and maybe it's not something that we will remember every time we see her on the screen, but mm -hmm. it's the fact that it's back there and she doesn't need, have the need to like put it out there for people to get it. You know, mm -hmm. it's just like, if you know, you know, if you don't, you don't, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm acting right now at the moment. And if you want to understand my journey, how I got there, then you would look at, you know, uh, the history of like how I became who I am. Right. And then, um, Viola Davis. Love Viola. I just, I really love strong women um, that kind of have uh, a sense of, like, humbleness to them. Mm -hmm. And that they're still, like, pushing through uh, barriers, you know, to uh, make a win for all of us. And then lastly, Beyonce. I think people were <laughs> waiting on that one. Um, <laughs> um, I do. Um, I'm really inspired by Beyonce, but it doesn't come for, from anything that she does musically. I, okay. I just really like the woman that she is. So, and all of the women that I've even mentioned to you just now, it's something about them, how they move, who they choose to, to be to their husbands, to, um, you know, Oprah has a partner, of course, but just how they choose to be about their craft. And for me, I'm very sensitive about like uh, my creative side and also uh, just a woman I like to represent. Okay. Very free, very like, you know, uh, reserved, not too much, some mystery. And also for the fact that I'm just, um, I'm noble and, and loyal. And I think that everybody can see those type of aspects from me. Yes, absolutely. Those are definitely five wonderful um, women to choose. Um, for myself, I would say, um, my personality is like kind of is very different than like a lot of like the females that I'm around constantly. So one person that I really like and I'll start with her because I always call her my shero. She's actually like I would like to say like a local celebrity because she lives here. and She works out of Detroit. Um, she's on the radio. She was a radio host. Her name is Sugar Ray. I love Sugar Ray. Like she is awesome like we're Facebook friends she's very humble she's very personable like I, I remember before I started my podcast I reached out to her even before like the whole Oprah thing even started and I was like you know I love your post I love the things that you talk about she loves music like all aspects of it and she um she talks about like sports and different things that are commonly talked about amongst men, just like, you know, with my podcast. And she really like has like very strong valid arguments and points. And she just knows her stuff. Like I really love watching her. And it's always awesome to see that, you know, 
I used to feel different or like an outcast when I was younger because I'm like, you know, I don't really get along all the time with like the females because I like these things. And just to know that, you know, you're not the only female that's like that. It's not weird. It's like seeing her is like, dang, that's the that's what I you know. I'm into all these type of things that she's in. And, it, you know, it makes me feel good. And um, she's a very cool woman, very strong woman. Like, I really love her. And um, also, too, kind of in the same sense. And it's funny because she's younger than me. Tiana Taylor. I love Tiana Taylor. I love her style. I love the woman that she is. Also, like you said, to her husband and, like, her family aspect of everything, like how she uh, portray portrays herself in the media as an artist, as a mother, and as a wife. Like, she, I love her style. Like, she can one minute, she can be very tomboyish with, like, the sneakers and things like that, but then she also knows how to turn her sexy on. Sometimes it might be in the same day. Like, I really, I really, really love Tiana Taylor. Um, also to, um, Oprah, of course, and then like listening to her speech, uh, last week, um, uh, just a lot of things that, uh, she was talking to in her speech that really, really like hit home for me because I've been through a lot of things that she was preaching to and, you know, her constantly reiterating, you know, like these things are okay. If you're going through this, it's okay to speak on this. Don't feel like, you know, because you're in a certain position, like that you have to be mute or be quiet about certain things because you're trying to make a way for, you know, your kids or, you know, you have, you have this going on. So you don't want to talk about that because that might ruin this or something like that like you know it's okay to live out your truth and you know don't be afraid to speak out as especially as a woman so she definitely um plays like a great influence on in my life um also too and it's kind of weird when I always say that I'm influenced by her I love Amber Rose for a few different reasons I love the fact that Amber Rose is, no matter what we may agree or disagree with, she, one thing about her, she's always true to herself. Like, whatever she believes in or whatever she just feels like, you know, this is me, this is what I want to do. Like, she's just not afraid to be herself no matter what. And I feel like that's a very, very important trait that a lot of people don't have but they should because, like, if we're always, like, you know, like, living inside of a shell or feeling like we can't be ourselves, like, then we're no good to anybody. Like, you're not being true to yourself because only you can live your life. So when she, you know, does certain things, I'm like, okay, Amber, that might be quite a bit much. But at the same time, I can't take away from, you know, that it's like, hey, that's her and that's you. That's her beliefs. Like, you know, that's that's what she stands by. So that's, you know, I can't disagree with that. And also to another person, I really like Taraji Henson. I really like how strong she is and how you can just tell, like, she just doesn't care. She's very unapologetic. And she's just, she's to me just like the true definition of a strong black woman. She's like, you know, I remember her telling her story about how she just took a chance and she didn't have anything, you know, and she just moved across the country and pursued her dreams. And it was like, you know, she didn't stop from there. And to me that, that definitely always like resonates in my mind because I often have times where I'm like, you know, I'm not, I'm scared. I don't know. Should I take this chance? Should I not? And it's like, sometimes you just have to say, just do it. Like, cause you'll never know if you don't try. So, like, those five women to me are, they were, like, the first five that I could think of. There are definitely others, but those five really just stood out in my mind. But um, the first thing that I kind of wanted to touch on is the um, Oprah's speech at the Golden Globe Awards. So, 
Um, there was a couple things about her speech that really, like, really hit home for me when she was talking about uh, the story of the young lady that had um, got kidnapped and was, um, you know, raped, and then they had threatened to kill her if she ever told and everything like that, and then her story um, stayed secret until, you know, Rosa Parks brought it to, like, you know, brought it out to light and everything like that. Like, that just really, like, listening to some of the things that she talked about just really stuck with me just because I was like, you know, I've been through some things in my childhood that I I kept to myself or, you know, some things that I may not have even still to this day talked to people about just because I felt like, huh, I don't know. But also there were things that eventually did come to the light as a child. And I feel like, you know, she's absolutely right. Like you can't live your life like that. You have to, you know, say something no matter what you feel is um, going to happen or the consequences. Like, you know, you have to protect yourself no matter what. So her hearing her speak to those things and also hearing her say, you know, no matter what, like I like the fact that these days more commonly people are really living out their truths. And even though it's sometimes it's the ugly truth, I would rather somebody live out their truth than to hide behind something because I would want to know how you really feel. Like I don't want, you know, to be around a person every day and you not know who they really are and then you know something happened like an unfortunate event or something like that happens and you know something bad comes from it did you get a chance to see you know the, how did you feel about her speech I felt a lot honestly um I think um I think Oprah is definitely living out her purpose and it's, it's such a, a joy to watch because some of us, we we have purpose, and because of decisions and choices that we make, we we find ourselves not being able to um, meet it, so that we can fulfill it, you know. But her purpose was it, it started as being a talk show host, but it was greater than that. And when she understood it, that she has to use her platform to also, um, you know. Um, bring about change, that's what she's doing, you know, and in that speech, I think, I'm assuming when I say this, but I think she was aware of the placement that we're getting ready to be about, you know, uh, Black History Month, you mm -hmm. know, we're getting ready to celebrate MLK, you know, and um, she was able to attach that component, not directly representing like the MLK and uh, Black History, but the fact of, um, our history. She was able to uh, uh, attach our blackness to mm -hmm. her speech on top of going about supporting the women that have all these issues, you know? And so because she's just, when she writes a speech or when she has something to say, it's the, it's the way she prepares it so that she's able to hit so many things at once because that's that one opportunity. That's all you have in that moment. So she touched women of all color and, and she made sure to just hone it back in and like, okay, well, but don't forget, I'm, I'm a black woman saying this right. stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and I still have to represent mine. But I can also, uh, you know, feel what you're going through because I'm also a woman, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, and that's where people get that whole confused thing like, oh, you know, you guys are saying black lives matter, but all lives matter. It's like, yeah, but right now I'm saying that this is, you know, uh, breast cancer month. And I know that all cancers matter, you know, right, but just, right. we're just trying to focus on this right now. And I know that men matter, but for right now, we're talking about what is happening to women, you know? Mm -hmm. And so Oprah is able to like really hone into that and uh, make that very clear. And, and she just does it with such ease, but she knows to also attach some humor there. She, 
she just knows, you know, yes. like to to bring all the elements all together in the time frame that she has and really deliver. So it was it was motivating. Of course, we like someone of such caliber, of such great execution and and speech to lead our country, you know. Right. But unfortunately, we have a clown and. Um, a business clown <laughs> at that, you know, because I, I don't like to take away from um, his achievements, but um, I think he's uh, an, a narcissist and, and very smart in the fact that, like, America wasn't ready for a woman. You know, we still have that sexist component, you know, and that's another story. But I just really like um, how Oprah is and the fact that she used her platform to just really touch so many things in just one speech. And yes. the way that speech was prepared, it's almost as if she was speaking off of her heart. You know, some people need teleprompters and need to write that stuff down, but she was just well prepared to deliver. So beyond everything that she said in the speech, she represented us. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was uh, powerful in itself, of course, because I consider her my idol. It was just a home run for me. Yes, absolutely. It was... It was definitely amazing to see. And then also, to, <clears throat> like you stated, a lot of people, um, after hearing the speech, are like, you know, well, we need Oprah to run for president. And, you know, it was just, I don't know how I feel about that, honestly, because like you said, I don't think America is ready for a woman as a president. Absolutely not. And then it's also, too, it's not like she's not just a woman. She's a black woman. And so I feel like with that, like going from, it's like, okay, you know, we had Obama, then we're going to who we have now and then to go to Oprah is like, oh my goodness, like that's just really gonna like have the US and just like a an uproar. Like I can't even imagine. Like I would absolutely love to see someone of her position of power and of her caliber to run our country, but it's all a matter of are we ready for that? Like I that I don't know. Uh we're not really ready and I think that when people took off with it it was done in a facetious manner I don't really Mm -hmm. think that they're saying we really want you know Oprah to run for president you know they're just they're just saying that what we have is such a joke that you know just even with Oprah's ability to execute being aware being Mm -hmm. woke and tying in so many issues at one time and not forgetting to she has a nurturing vibe I don't know if Mm -hmm. you if you feel that but like it's funny, she has no children, but she can nurture a crowd as if they were all her children. Right. And so when you have a position of power, you need someone to be able to have that component to themselves because they have to touch and be able to relate to the fact that you're suffering. You know, the fact that, yeah, my son is over there fighting for this country. He might die. I might not see him again. Can you relate to that? Can you make you know, policies and laws that can protect that or that can end this stuff rather soon so that I can have something that belongs to me, you know? We don't have a president that is concerned about those things. We have a president that's more like, you know, y'all ready to pop off? Because I am, you right. know, like, type of stuff, you know? <laughs> like, like, I'm ready, you know? So um, I'm just saying I didn't really think that they um, – they meant it to be, like, for real. It was just, like, anything is better than what we got right now. Absolutely. I completely agree with that because I, he is an absolutely an absolute joke. But it's crazy because, like, I remember, like, and I don't want to give this man too much light, but I remember, like, before, like, when the races to the White House were going on, everybody was like, there's no way he's going to be our president. I don't even believe that. The In the back of my mind, I always felt like they're going to put this man in the White House, like, I, but you know that's 
neither here nor there. I just yeah. pray, you know, that we've survived a year with this man. Like, let's just try to get it through this, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> but, you know, so um, moving on. Uh, H&M. So this whole issue with um, H&M and then the, the little black boy wearing the hoodie that says, you know, um, coolest monkey in the jungle. Um, it, hmm. I'm kind of like on the fence about it just solely because of like, okay, I see different headlines and I see people's, um, views on it. And a lot of people are saying like, well, it went through so many different hands. Like how was this missed and all these different things. It's like, well, we really weren't there. We really don't know who hands it went through. Like, I highly doubt that it went to somebody like super super high up that you know had something I don't know like it probably went through like a little small room of people like creative people and like you know uh publishers and things like that but it I don't I highly doubt that it really reached the top tier that people are thinking that it went like it wasn't at headquarters it wasn't at the corporate like CEO's office on his tables just like you know of a couple people um from the website like the website designers or like maybe even just the photographers and the people that were going to be at that photo shoot like and then maybe somebody made a messed up decision or could it have been like no malicious intent at all behind it where like because this was over in the UK it wasn't in the US they may view things differently than we do and they're just looking at it as like you know well you know we got these hoodies they're in these colors. They have these messages on them. We have this boy, that boy. He wants to, I want him to wear that one and him to wear that one. Not even thinking like, oh shit, like this may be wrong or like somebody may get offended because like that typically does tend to happen where some things come out that are completely innocent. And, you know, just because how our minds are already trained to think, we're like, uh, no. And then they may, they don't have that mindset. They're just like, you know, we look at all things as equal or, you know, all things just, we don't see any color, any gender or whatever to make a, you know, the case may be. It's just like, okay, this guy put this hood, this boy put this hoodie on. We posted the picture and now like the whole, you know, world is in an uproar and it's like, you know, I don't know exactly how I feel about it. Like if I 100% feel like it was intended to be completely racist, it could have been. Or if it was just one of those things where, you know, over in the UK, they did something with not, you know, anybody else in mind other than themselves. And then they just posted it. And then we reacted because of how we are over here. Like, hey that's messed up so you know it's just I don't know how I feel about it uh we're we're living in very sensitive times you know anything that is sensitive and very transparent well it's getting more transparent so anything that uh can attach race to something um where we have to uh, make a barrier between what's white what's black what's latino what's you know whatever um, we get very sensitive to, you know. Um, yes, it was in a different market. It was advertised to a different market. And uh, because I work for a German company, I can attest to the fact that they are very insensitive, you know. They get on the phone like, you know, F this, you guys are effing stupid and all that type of stuff. I've seen emails, and that's them. Like, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's not for me to take it personal. Now, I can do, like, corrective actions, like, okay, well, hold up, you know. Mm -hmm. You're, you're not going to, this is what you're not going to do. But, however, that's a that's a teaching moment, you know. And uh, like you said, 
I know because I'm in supply chain that it only hit a low level. Mm-hmm. I know that no one in corporate has the capacity to consider all the millions of different uh, merchandise that they're trying to put out into and, and segregate, segregate them into whatever market. Oh, let me look at it first. Like, no, they don't have that type right. of time, you know? So uh, they really do count on the intelligence of people on, on the bottom to really make these type of decisions. And can a mistake happen? Yes. Could the boy just, all the boys have been in a room and then they decided to choose whatever hoodie they wanted? Right. Yes. You know, these there's so many variables that we're not considering, but what we are considering is the end result. And the end result was you have this black boy and this hoodie saying coolest monkey, I think in a zoo or something like that. Yeah, something in Some, the jungle or something. Yeah, or in the yeah. jungle, yeah. You know, and um, because we're sensitive over here and we understand our history and we understand that we were referenced as monkeys, you know. Mm-hmm. They expect the UK to know it because all of it started from the Europeans first. You know, uh, the whole America is foreign. Mm-hmm. The only people that are, you know, indigenous to America are the Native Americans, you know. But we're, it's, it's, all, it's all foreign because everyone migrated over here. So they're expecting, like, you guys are the one that did it, so you guys should know that you referenced right. us as monkeys back in the day, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, it went up. It got exposed. They did something about it. Did we like how light they handled it? No, but that's how they are over there. I say, when someone do when they do, when they do something for the first time, you don't make it an uh, offense. You know, you can't say that this would be reoccurring. You cannot define them as that. You say that they made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Now, when it happens again, then it was a choice. And I know you've probably seen you know, something of that uh, liking on, like, the Internet and the meme form or mm-hmm. a quote or whatever. But it's true. When someone lies for the first time, they are not a liar. They just lied. Right. They cheat. They cheated for the first time. They're not a cheater. A reoccurrence of that defines them as cheater, liar, you know. And then a reoccurrence of them putting merchandise out like that on a black person will make them a racist. But right. at the moment... They made a bad judgment. They made a bad choice. And that's just my position on it. I feel the world on, you know, both ends of things. But I tend to always give an unbiased opinion and play mm-hmm. it in the middle. Right. And so, like, the way I see it in, in the end, it's like, it's a bad mistake. They pulled the merchandise. You know, they pulled it, the ad. They sent their mediocre, you know, um, mm-hmm. apology. But what, 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 what are we looking for? Right. I don't think, uh, I just saw today that they, in South Africa, I think they were vandalizing the store. Yes, and that's another thing, too, and I didn't understand that. Like, why, you know, I understand, like, people are upset and people, you know, everybody has their their opinions and they have their choice to feel however they feel that's fine. But I just want to know, just like how you stated, like, what did we really expect them to do? And then also, too, by, you know, us as a people or whoever, you know, vandalizing these stores, what do you expect to come from that? It's like you're upset because you feel like people are still being uh, racist and stereotyping us, you know, as a certain type of people. But when you react in a certain way and you do these types of things, it's like, you know, these are the type of things that they their opinions about us on like mm-hmm. that it was not the best thing to do you know when it comes to like okay you're upset and you want to do these things or whatever but as far as like going to vandalize the stores it's like okay now what 
Like, you vandalized the store, you did this, you did that. It's like, okay, now what do you think is going to come from that? Like, now, if they start thinking, like, you know, all black people or whoever that comes into these stores are going to vandalize it, and then they start stalking you around the store, then you're going to be like, oh, now they're, you know, racial profiling and things like that. It's like, I mean, kind of kind of walking the fine line there. So, you know, it's all... It's all how you react and how you handle situations. And, you know, I feel like, like you said, they're, the way they handled this was very mediocre. But at the same time, it's like we really couldn't expect, we really can't have any expectations as to how they were going to handle it because they probably didn't see anything as an issue in the first place. And if they don't see an issue with it, it's like, okay, well, I guess they want us to say, I'm sorry. So, hey, we're sorry. <laughs> so Yeah, it's like if you, I think we forget when we're angry, mad, or we don't like something, we forget to think a little bit further, what do we want, you know? So even when something happens to you, what do you want? Why don't mm -hmm. you clearly state what you want and see if they'll give it to you? And when you don't get it, then say how you're gonna respond then. But if they pull the merchandise, it's no longer visible, you know, on any platform, you know, mm -hmm. and then they apologize and, you know, we reacted on our end as far as putting the, you know, the, the boy in a different, hoodie even though it's not technically real mm -hmm. but is that not enough because if it's not enough then then what do you what want? do you want you know and yeah. then tell them and see if they'll give it because h h&m is thinking as a business they want to you know settle this situation and get back to doing the business side of things and black people we like to sometimes stay mad for too long you yep. know it's like hit it and quit it say what you want but when you don't know what you want you stay mad longer than you should because you didn't know what you wanted exactly you just wanted someone to do something that would make you feel good but then you're unaware of what makes you feel good so then what can they do you know mm -hmm. so uh i think that's the position the position that everyone is in now and no vandalizing the store is not the way to go about it because if you don't know what you want you're just going to be angry and then angry is going to cause some like consequences and repercussions you know absolutely so. Absolutely. I feel like this uh, this week has, like, had a couple – there's been a lot of different things that have been, like, uh, kind of, like, sensitive topics that are ha that have happened in the news lately. Like, okay, like, we have, like, the H&M issue. Then there's also this thing I keep seeing advertised with this uh, BET. They're doing, like, that uh, black car revolt. And then they have, like, it's this um, – it's this collage of, like, four white men. Gary Owens is one guy, and I can't remember who the other three celebrities are, and they're like, uh, which one of these people should be given a black card? It's like, why, why is this a thing? Like, why are you doing that? And I, every time I see the post, I'm like, whatever BET thought, you know, was smart behind this, it's just, it's crazy. But another thing that I actually want to talk about is um, with Genuine. Like, he is... Um, on some type of reality show, and I guess, like, there was an issue where um, he, somebody had wanted to get him to kiss, or a trans woman was trying to kiss him, and he was like, absolutely not, and then the media just went crazy, like, oh my god, he's, he's a homophobe, and all these things, like, because he won't uh, date a trans person, or he wouldn't kiss a trans person, which I think that is absolutely, absolutely ridiculous, like, you cannot force someone to have the same beliefs that you have, like, you know, you know, I understand, you know, trans people, they view themselves, and me too, like, you know, I completely, I support the, the community and everything like that, like, you know, I understand what you see yourself as, 
friends, but you also have to understand that not everybody will agree with you. And you have to be respectful of that as well. Like, you know, just understand that, you know, stay true to who you are, but you can't get upset because somebody's like, oh, okay, well, you know, you're over there, I'm over here, let's just keep it that way. Like, you can't force somebody to accept something or... Um, agree with you. It's just, you know, we're all entitled to our own opinions and this should just be that. So the fact that everybody reacted the way they did, calling this man a homophobe, like, I absolutely think that that is not fair. Like, you know, you can't, you can't force that. If he, if that's not what he's into, you can't force him to be. So it's just, that's been crazy. Like when I was been, when I've been reading that, I'm like, what, like, how can you call this man a homophobe if he, you know, that's just not what his preference is. Like, you know, everybody has a choice. So we get so uh, offended, you know, nowadays uh, for what someone doesn't get about us and what they mm-hmm. don't like about us. Quite frankly, for me, if there's something you don't like about my blackness, you're not for me. And why do I have to care? When I start caring, then I'm unveiling my insecurities. I, I, I unveil that I have a problem with myself because I want you to accept me. I want you to like me. Exactly. No, you know, it's like... You can say whatever you say. You can you can feel whatever you feel. And at the end of the day, I'm going to tell you that you're right because it's your perspective. And you know from me just even climbing in the way that I did social media-wise, I've caught a lot of flack from that, you know. But if you also have paid any attention, I've never said anything to anyone because I feel like whatever people have to say, you're, you're correct. But whether or not you have the power for it to affect me, no, because mm-hmm. you're not important. You're not important because I don't know you, you know. Exactly. And, 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 and important people are going to watch what they say to me very carefully because they're going to know the position they have in my life. They're going to know mm-hmm. that they have some impact. So they're not going to just say stuff just to say stuff to get a reaction. You yeah. know. So people that are gay, which I have a lot of gay friends and transgender and, uh, and all that Same here, in yeah. my life, you know, and I just let them be great, you know. Right. But if I don't like something, I may not like the way he put on his clothes. Like, wow, that's really feminine, you know, and he like, you're, you know, a black guy, but wow, like you're trying mm-hmm. to be a girl, you know. I don't care. And and why should you care about the fact that I just thought that was really feminine? At the end of the day, I'm, I'm going to still be able to walk out with you. And if I cannot walk out with you, don't let that offend you. Just know that that's just not my preference today, you mm-hmm. know. Like, catch me on another, you know. But you got to be very confident in yourself and what you choose to be. And know the world didn't just uh, hatch itself into just being gay and transgender and confused and you know uh sexually fluid now that we didn't mm-hmm. in these times there's a lot that now we have to accept there's a lot i'm scared to have a child i'm like i don't know what my kid's gonna see on tv <laughs> like you might just turn around and see like two people kissing and mom what is what is that you know i mm-hmm. want it to be okay because i have my gay friends but at the same time I have my my religion you know and I kind of mm-hmm. want to to raise my kid according to that doctrine and it doesn't even matter if it's right or wrong you know it's what I believe in and that mm-hmm. helps me get to through my day to day but I don't want someone taking offense for like what I like how right. I do me and that's what happened with the genuine thing it's like uh I can understand you and I accept you right but it doesn't mean I like you right and it's, can that be a choice of mine or not absolutely you know or and vice versa like you know you are how you are and I am who I am. Just like I may not agree with your preferences and your choices, you also have the option to disagree with me as well. And I like that you also um, 
brought up earlier where like you know when people with the social media thing like people will try to like try to intentionally hurt you or say things to try to get a reaction out of you and then it's like you know you can't make me be offended just like when uh when everything started happening for me when I first went viral with the whole Oprah thing, like people were coming at me like, you're not offended. Like people are saying you look like Oprah or, you know, the things that people were saying in my comments, like, why are y'all trying to make it seem like this is a good thing and this, this, and that? I'm like, I'm sorry that you may have your viewpoints or you feel a certain way, but she is an absolutely beautiful woman to me. And, you know, nothing that anybody has ever said I have taken negatively. I'm like, you know, if you and you can't try to influence me to feel how you feel. Like, that's your own opinion. That's fine. You can have that. You're entitled to that. But I don't have to agree with that. And then it's funny because... When I went viral, I initially went viral off a guy trying to make a joke about it and trying to be, you know, funny in a negative way. And then it turned into this whole big thing like, oh, OK, well, you took it as a joke and people were like blowing it up in every um, blog and every website and different things that uh, my whole story was featured on. None of it was negative. So you started off, you know, bringing it to the light as a negative thing, but nobody took it in that way. So like you said, it's all a matter of, you know, if you choose to feed into those people and how they um, how they're trying to make an impact on you. And like you said, if you're not important to me, then you absolutely will have no power over me at all. So um, getting into the whole viral thing, I definitely wanted to, you know, see how things have been for you because um when I was looking on your page I see that this isn't something that just recently happened like it seems like this has been going on for a while like when did uh when can you first recall like people really start like bringing it to your like bringing it to the light like oh my god like you really like favor her you know uh people have to understand when Beyonce became Beyonce, Mm -hmm. you know, not Beyonce and Destiny Child, but when Beyonce became Beyonce, we became infatuated with her. And then we became even more infatuated when she got into a relationship because now she started to give us all the the perfections that we aspire in our own life. And so then that made her a household name, you know. Even when Beyonce came out of Destiny Child, it still wasn't at the point at where she is now. Now there's a hive. Now Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, it's... Is uh, she's a god, you know? And uh, for me, honestly, since childbirth, I came out looking like Janet Jackson from Good Times. I was fat, and I love to eat. You know, I would get the number two from McDonald's with the two cheeseburgers and get my <laughs> supersized French fry, my large drink, and I, I, and my apple pie. Don't forget that pie. Oh my goodness! Those but apple I, pies. Lo- <laughs> I love to eat. You know, and I was completely happy with that. I was completely happy that I had a little pudge. Cheeks fat as ever, and, uh, you know, I had my long, natural uh, black hair, and they would just say, you always look like from um, Janet Jackson from Good Time, and I'd be like, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. The only reason I'd be like, no, I don't, because I didn't even know who she was, you right. know, like, uh, we were very guarded and couldn't watch, you know, much of uh, TV growing up, uh, so we kind of just play with each other, and I have, I have five sisters, um, so, and one brother, and so... Um, I would just always deny it. Then, here I am. I'm in boarding school now. <clears throat> Coming into my own. Still trying to be Aaliyah, you know. <laughs> right. But, you know, I'm wearing, I'm wearing the, uh, the the boyish, like, trousers. Um, I have my swoop over my face and all this type of stuff. But now, I'm in boarding school. But 
Beyonce is now like the pretty girl in Destiny Child. And okay. so when anybody referenced Destiny Child, everybody wants to be Beyonce. Beyonce. No mm-hmm. one else, you know? And uh, I started like the talent shows and things that we had on campus, you know, I, I was just like, I chose to be her in the group. Mm-hmm. And when I chose to be her in the group, people were like, well, but wait a minute, you know, you actually look like her, you know? And for me at that time, I didn't care. No one cared, you know? Mm-hmm. So scratch that. We're out of boarding school now. I've graduated. I'm now at Michigan State. I'm at Michigan State, and I dye my hair red, not even blonde, red. And uh, people picked up on it at that time. But then I still had my freshman 15 and everything else that I was uh, adding to myself and not really caring. I was uh, I was very free. Mm-hmm. Get out of uh, Michigan State where after the red, I decided to just stay straight jet black because I still love Aaliyah and that, right. that was her thing, you know. <laughs> uh, I, um, I got into just uh, furthering my education. I'm working now, I'm working out, and now I have fully transformed into just this bee that's sitting right here. And um, I took a risk back in 2000, I wanna say 2011, and I said I wanna wear my hair blonde. Mm-hmm. And um, I just want to see if it looks right on me. And then uh, my homegirl, that's a, a stylist named Dominique, she decided to do that for me. Mm-hmm. And it looked nice. And I have not strayed from it since. I, I was always transition back to my black hair because black is just my thing. Mm-hmm. But I like black and blonde. And I don't want someone to tell me that I can't be blonde because I can't. Right. Because there, it's a reach. I'm trying to look like this woman. No, it's just something that I like, you know. And uh, it just... It was something, because I was not on social media, I joined Instagram at the end of 2013. Okay. Um, It was something that when I would go into airports or I would go just simply shopping at Myers, people, oh, my God, you look like such and such. And, you know, it it was just an, oh, my God, you look like, and then that's it. Mm -hmm. When the media blew it up, which there was a girl who sent me a DM, was just like, you know, I hope you're not mad at me because I see that, a lot of negative came with us, you know, but I was the one that submitted you. Because at first I had to survey all my friends like, yo, which yeah. one of you, like, <laughs> you guys know I hate this. You know, I don't really like attention like that. I'm very low key, you know, like, so mm-hmm. who did it? Because mm-hmm. I was at a party with you guys in and in a picture that I didn't even have went viral, you know? Wow. So I'm like, so it's one of you guys. That's what I'm saying. It's, yeah. one, it's one of you, it's one of you. But no, they just took that picture and made that picture go viral. But the picture of the submission was off my page from this girl. And she she let me see how she submitted it oh. to the shade room. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, if I wanted to be mad or, or feel some type of way about this, I mean, what would be the, the end benefit? Right. You know, because it the damage has been done. Mm-hmm. But since then, um, I had to learn fast. When I say learn fast, I had to learn to deal with so much attention very, very fast, and uh, so much negativity very, very fast. Absolutely. And I had to remain my, um, my, my confidence. I had to retain it and make sure that all these things that people were coming up with did not, you know, uh, penetrate my thick skin, you know. So, uh, but it was, it was difficult. But now it's something that I can't change even if I wanted to because – I got mad, I think, after the second hit, because they come in hits. Yeah. Like, it's like every three months, someone else has discovered it, and then there's another, you know, viral thing going on. And 
I, I said, you know what, forget it. I'm just about to be black, hair, black, everything. And I did this last year around um, November. So November 2017, I stayed black all the way until my birthday uh, in April 2000, I mean, November 2016. Stayed black all the way until my birthday, April 2017. Mm -hmm. And my styles were... French braid to the back, a ball up top, half down, you know, just doing this thing, and it didn't change anything. I wow. thought it was going to change. I'm like, but it really didn't change anything, you mm -hmm. know. And so uh, this is where we are. We're, we're here with um, this attention, and I would be a fool. And I would like to say this again. I would be a fool if, because I'm so creative, in my background, I'm so intelligent. I would be a fool not to capitalize Absolutely. on so much attention. I got people back in Mississippi that are rooting for me and don't even know what they're rooting for. Mm -hmm. I got a mom that was only able to have some education that's really hoping that in, in some form of fashion that God would place a, a lot of favor on me and I'm able to make that uh, come into fruition to something, to create something. So, and the more you are exposed, of course, the easier it becomes for you to, to milk that, capitalize that, and hopefully transition that into like revenue. You know? Absolutely. But do I want to do it impersonating her? No. Now, if the right. movie came up, it'd be like, yeah. You know, <laughs> I'd be like, okay, because, you know, I can show you, I can act a thing or two, you know, and it fits. But I would just do the one movie and keep it moving, you know. Right. But do I want to go out and beat Elvis in Vegas? No. <laughs> I don't want to be the fake Pamela Anderson, you know, or uh, the, what's the one with the, the, the dress? Uh, Melon. Oh, Melon. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be any, I don't want to, you right. know, because I like to just be myself on a day-to-day, -day, you know, yes. my stylish, reserved, cool, calm business oriented self yeah that's uh that's i'm glad you brought that up because i was going to ask you if you know you were offered that would you want to because i i have a friend that uh he was in the uh he was in all eyes on me and he portrayed uh he was suge knight in the movie and i remember i asked him i was like you know if after that because he did such a good job like i was really i really liked his role in the movie as well as like when how they had him, you know, when he shaved his head and everything. I was like, you really, like, you got the Suge Knight look. I was like, you know, what if this catches on so much to the point that anything that requires a role from Suge Knight, they, you know, are reaching out to you? Like, is this something that you would want to continue to do, like, ongoing? Or, you know, are you, like, just kind of, like, one and done? And he basically said the same thing. He's like, you know, I want to do this movie. He's like, I don't want everybody to always be like, okay, this is just Suge Knight. He's like, I don't want to be limited to that, you know, because he's still an actor. And um, he's like, you know, I would do maybe like a, something else here or there. He's like, but I don't want to be just that permanent Suge Knight. You know, I don't want to be like an impersonator or things like that. He's like, that's not who I want the world to see me as. Like, I'm still an, you know, an actor and I'm an artist and things like that. He's like, I want to be... Um, viewed in that light, you know, it, for whatever the role may be. He's like, not just like, oh, Suge Knight, let's get this same, let's get Dominic, you know, every time. And he's like, you know, I just, I don't want to fall victim to that. But so that, yeah, that's, that's crazy. I could definitely see like, what if like they were like, oh, let's do this Destiny's Child like biopic or something like that. And you, so um, looking on your page, I see that you have like, you write a lot. And um, so this would be something like what type of things do you uh, do you like to write? Like, are you looking to write like, you know, like books or like movies or uh, 
Definitely not a book. <laughs> <laughs> a book is uh, much of a reach, and I think that somewhere I wasn't granted patience, you know. Oh, yeah. Me and God, we really trying to work that out. But <laughs> um, I really like writing quotes, um, and I really like um, writing uh, captions, uh, just like a little, giving someone a little doses of juice because I'm I'm aware that there are people that are just like me and their patients are just as short. So when it becomes like a paragraph, it's just like, uh, we just want to like the picture. So, yeah. what, you know. <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, I just want, I, yeah, just there. a little bit, you know. But yeah, that and, um, like I told you, eventually um, a pilot because um, it's, it's this dope one that I got just in my head that I just really have to get uh, some space to kind of just like type that bad boy out or say it to someone and they type it and right. we go pitch it. Uh, poetry. My poetry is definitely off of fantasy, some, some fantasy. And so there's where it gets a bit erotic, you know, and there's also um, empowerment. I am a feminist, so I... Definitely like to represent um, the women and relationships. Um, I have so many girlfriends and so many guy friends that are just like, what do we do? And and, these type of situations and like, you know, and how things are interpreted like the wrong way or how we can't articulate properly what we feel. But like, I kind of need him to understand. I kind of need her to get it, you know, so I write from those uh, type of um, influences and um, in a manner of poetry mm-hmm. captions. Yes. Uh, There's this uh, this one caption that stood out to me on your page. Um, and it says, the difference between a successful and unsuccessful is that successful people do more of what they say they'll do, say-do ratio. If you say it, do it. Biblically, biblically we're not. We're told not to put off on tomorrow what we can do today. Always challenge yourself to do it now. And that really stuck out to me because I struggled with this so much last year that I vowed to, like, never do it again. Like, I put off so many different things. And I was like, oh, you know, I can, I'll get to that eventually. Or, you know, okay, I kind of, like, got this timeline. Like, well, you know, I kind of want to do this. I can eventually get to that. Like, it's like, no, if you can do it now, if you have the thought now, just do it. Because, you know, tomorrow may never come. Or, like, you may never get to it. You put it off so far that, like, when you finally get to it, you may not have that same passion, that same energy that you had when you first had the thought. So that uh, caption definitely stood out to me a lot because, you know, it's definitely about how bad do you want it? Like, you know, somebody who who's going towards the same or a similar goal as you, I'm pretty sure, you know, they aren't going to get to where they are by saying like, oh, I'll eventually do it or I can do that tomorrow. Like, no, if you want it, show how bad you want it. Like you can you can love something so much, but only talking about it and just writing it down, that's just half of the work. Like you still have to put the work in and you have to constantly put the work in. And like any time that you have, uh, uh, you know, a uh, an extra moment to yourself, work on that, like work on your craft. And that's definitely something that was like my issue last year a lot where like I kind of like procrastinated and I let um, the things that I was struggling with like mentally and like emotionally like get to me where I put off so many different things. And I'm like, oh, you know, whenever I get to it, I'll get to it. But like now I'm really at the point where I'm like, no, I want this. I know what I want. I know what I want to attain and 
it's up to me. Like, I determine my success and nobody else. So that uh, caption definitely stood out um, to me a lot because it speaks so much to my life. So that was that was definitely an amazing quote. When I, I like to uh, transform people for the better and motivate them for the better and uh, to let them know that, you know, sometimes we can be trapped in our minds with how we mentalize things. Let me get that together. Um, and uh, we sometimes put too many things in the bad compartment, and it's not, you know. And so when you have too much stuff over there that you uh, said is bad, then you realize that you have a bad day, you mm -hmm. know. But sometimes you just have to just kind of flip the way that um, you see things. And I do say racial thing. It was – I just became very sensitive to it when – I started to understand myself in the very simplest way. So I'm gonna tell you that a lot of my captions are deep, mm -hmm. but they come from very simple things. Like in my house, as simple as like, how did I get this, this bunch of clothes in this corner all of a sudden? And now I gotta put this stuff up and mm -hmm. no one, I can't task anybody else to do it because I'm by myself and like, but how did that happen? Right. And I forgot to see myself coming in every day, taking off the stuff, not putting it away, just throwing it in the corner because I couldn't take out the extra seconds or the couple of minutes that it takes to just put the stuff back up. And now I'm mad because it's now it's a big pile. And yeah. now I got to deal with it all together at once. And you know how we look at things is when it's a lot, mm -hmm. we, we get like Overwhelmed. unmotivated. Like yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do this, you mm -hmm. know? So it started from there. Then it started from like, me talk to my friends like, yo, I'm, I'm going to do this. And they'd be like, oh, for real? And then they'll come back and be like, they'll follow up like, hey, have you done this? Nah, not yet. Well, not yet. Mm -hmm. Not yet, you know. And it's just like, but but when? Like, because now, not yet, three months have sur surpassed. And you could have kind of already done it, you know. Yeah. So, and then I'm like, man, now they don't really believe my words. And now I'll be like, I'm going to do this. Oh, okay, Brittany. Like, we'll, we'll see when you get it done, exactly, you know. Exactly, yeah. And I didn't like someone making light of my words. Like, no. When I say it, I mean it, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's like, but how do I translate that? I translate it by actually doing what I say I'm going to do, you know. So now maybe my ratio is at like 80%. Um, and I'm still, I'm still working, you know. But I want someone to understand now that when I say I'm going to do it, it may not happen right away. But I have a time frame that I'm not going to let it go past. So if I say I'm going to call you back, may not happen today. <laughs> but, you know, in two days from now, you know, I'm going to call you. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you that, that message like, yeah, I forgot, you know. Because sometimes things happen in life and it can um, extend, mm -hmm. you know, when you want it to actually do it right there in the moment. But first, have the thought, have the mindset that you really want to do what you say you're going to do. Exactly. And then it will all fix itself. So mm -hmm. it really started small, clothes on the floor type stuff, house getting dirty, and yeah. I'm the only one responsible. <laughs> then it transitioned into, like, how I represent myself to my boss, my friends, and all that type of stuff. Now it's here where it's just, like, people say, well, if she says she's going to do it, it's going to get done. And I want other people to be the same way because, yes, people that are successful – they just do a whole lot more of what they say they're going to do. So you can follow up with them, and they'll tell you, like, oh, yeah, I did that. Mm -hmm. So That's absolutely true. Well, I definitely want to uh, thank you for stopping by today. Um, I just want to, you know, kind of give you an opportunity to give um, everybody, if they wanted to follow up with you and follow you on uh, social media, where can they find you at? 
You guys can find me on Instagram. I'm not on Snapchat as of yet. Um, mm -hmm. I'm about to make that move. But for right now, it's Instagram. It's S-U-R underscore underscore B. And uh, I heard that if you were even looking for Beyonce, my name would just pop up. I, you know, <laughs> like some algorithm that <laughs> the Instagrammers put inside there where like things are just like popping up now. And um, so even if you struggle, then you put in the one underscore uh, somehow you'll still be able to find me. But, um, yeah. Okay, cool. So, uh, everybody, follow me, of course, on uh, Twitter and Instagram. My uh, Twitter is Carmel Apple Shy, C-H-E-Y. Apple, of course, has no E. That's on Twitter. And on Instagram, you can follow me at Carmel Apple underscore C-H-E-Y. Um, don't forget, artists, to submit your music to me. Uh, via email at viewsfromthethickpc at gmail.com to be featured on an upcoming show. Um, I'm definitely stressing the importance of sending in your music because I have something that I am working on that I'm very, very excited and passionate about to launch. Um, I'm looking at aiming towards the spring. I promise it's not going to go uh, past the spring, but definitely get your music to me as soon as you can. Um, follow me as well as don't forget to shop Fashion Nova. And enter in my code, CheyenneXO, get 20% off your purchase, as well as the Asim, A-S-I-M, Supreme products. Um, I have to correct myself from the last episode because with uh, my code, Shy on there, it gets you 25% off your purchase, not 20%. So definitely um, shop those. Um, support Black Business with the Asim, Supreme products, all natural products. I love his stuff. And um, I will see you all next time. This has been episode six of Views from the Thick. Peace.